Blog Talk Radio. Well, good afternoon. This is Dr. John Wadsworth talking to you live in Pearl River, Louisiana. And um, we're glad that you're going to be listening to or listening to this radio program. Um, and we have our guest today is uh, Reverend Dave Squires, Chaplain Dave Squires from uh, Colorado. And uh, he'll be uh, speaking to you in a few minutes or a couple of minutes. I uh, just want to uh, tell you a few things that are going on. Uh, you can go to our website, whitestoneministries.net, and find out about ourselves and um, uh, and about uh, previous radio programs and what our ministry is about uh, through there and see uh, the staff and everything else. Uh, we have some radio programs coming up. Tomorrow we're going to be, uh, I titled the program, Preacher, Get a Job. Um, I think there's a lot of preachers that have an uh, entitlement mentality, and we'll, we'll be, um, I'll be talking about that and giving some examples. And just what I've uh, seen and heard and experienced last week was uh, enough for a radio program. Then Thursday we're going to be talking about the tribulation with Reverend Ken Hart coming on and talking to us. And I'm glad that Dave is with us. Uh, he's been a blessing ever since we met Dave Squires. Um, uh, I think personally, uh, from my experience, I believe prison is the best rehabilitation uh, for anybody with any type of struggles or hang-ups, uh, addiction or whatever. And uh, Dave's in the, uh, really in the midst of uh, ministering to the men um in Colorado, and I'll let him tell you more about that. But um, first, I want to do this, then we'll talk to Dave. Is just let you hear a couple of scriptures quoted by my grandkids. Kind of biased here, so just a couple of seconds. Jude 121. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. My name is Austin Wadsworth. I love Jesus. 2 Corinthians 13:14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. My name is Leslie Wadsworth, and the Lord Jesus Christ is my Savior. <laughs> I love that attitude. <laughs> Dave, um, now, Dave, uh, Brother Dave, there was something that I just wanted to ask you. Uh, is there any way that they can communicate you through the internet or anything uh, that do you have a website or anything um no i i don't um but just as a little disclaimer here i'm not a uh, a chaplain yet officially i'm in the process um of going through the department of corrections um to be a chaplain here i work in i'm coming from colorado springs colorado i've been going in the prisons oh for about five years now I'm working with men, and it certainly is a it can be a huge launching pad um, for a person to turn their lives around. One thing, through my experience, you know, under your tutelage, when I lived down in Louisiana, you used to always say everyone has their own rock bottom, and and you really learn that. I mean, nothing could be more true. One person's rock bottom might be a DWI, and that's it. I mean, that just they reevaluate their life and they. They turn everything around and realize, hey, I gotta, I gotta check this right now. Another person's rock bottom is 20 to life, and then everywhere in between. Um, so for a lot of people, 
um, prison can be certainly a huge catalyst where they get a chance to reevaluate their life. I tell many of the inmates, we talk about how a shepherd will break a lamb's leg so it stays right there underneath him. Um, and for some, a lot of times when I'm talking to the inmates, um, I get a lot of head nodding when I talk about, you know, probably the reason why you're in here is because God loves you. And chastisement comes only out of love. If you don't care, you don't chastise. You don't punish. So that's a very good point. It can be a, a great resource the Lord uses to uh, to get the attention of, of his children. Amen. Um, now, Dave, I've, I met Dave, now, I don't know how many years ago, but um, we were attending the same church together, and um, I had a uh, meeting there and uh, at the church, a weekly group meeting, fellowship, and it was uh, directed toward people struggling with um, uh, help, uh, well, hang-ups and habits. Uh, and um, Dave uh, offered uh, his home uh, for us to meet in, and um, and so we started, I, I felt it would be, and I always like uh, the home setting. It's a lot more comfortable. And Dave opened up his house. It's a beautiful house and uh, a good part, uh, a nice part of Slidell. And, and we met there for years. And uh, a lot of people, we had good crowds. A lot of people were uh, affected uh, by the meetings we had. And then then Dave uh, in, in his business all of a sudden he leaves town and the next thing I know he's in Colorado um, and he was single when he left and now uh, uh, he's married and uh, has a, a beautiful little boy and living in oh boy, some beautiful country up there uh, so uh, Dave uh, how did you get into the the prison ministry in Colorado yeah, it's real interesting, and, and it's it's amazing how the Lord works. I mean, I'm, what, 47 now, and for the first time in my life, I, I really, really, when I'm sitting in prison working with these guys, I, I cannot tell you how home, how at home I feel. And I feel like, man, this is finally um, where God really wants me to be, where I really feel competent and, and alive and excited um, I've I've never been more excited than than helping these guys turn their lives around, and it's been a long path. I've gone through many of valleys and struggles myself. Um, although I've been a Christian since I was a little boy, it's 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 been a very interesting path, and it's just kind of you know you know I it's hard to know you know whether it's God's timing or whether I think I think there's definitely a part of it where it was a matter of me making myself a worthy vessel and being obedient. And then part of it is just God's path, you know, and it's something to some, to some degree we all work through. But, yeah, I, I've, always, I've always loved Colorado. I've, I love to ski. I love the mountain bike, dirt bike. Yeah, I've had my share of broken bones and ERs and stuff like that. i got to realize I'm not that young anymore. But um, moving here, and I think it was October of 2003, was, Certainly a wonderful and, and God-led experience. I, you know, it's interesting how I got involved with it um, through Gary Skinner Ministries. Um, I, Gary wrote a book called Playing Vanilla Rapper that I highly recommend, but he was going into prison. I met him in a Bible study, and um, he invited me to, hey, why don't you go in? And I went in, and I've pretty much been hooked, hooked ever since. Um, 
Wednesday nights. I, I currently, for the last about three years, I've been volunteering under the umbrella of of Prison Fellowship Ministries, Chuck Colson's Ministries, and um, God bless him, he passed away last week. But um, I ended up underneath the um, mentorship to some degree of Jan Quick, who's the regional field director here, and I've been teaching Celebrate Recovery Wednesday nights in a Colorado Springs facility called Cheyenne Mountain Reentry Center. And then Saturday mornings I've been going down to Canyon City to a facility called Four Mile, uh, working in part of their transformation ministry program, which is an intensive program. The prisoners go to class four days a week. I do coaching and mentoring on Saturdays. Um, it's a year-long program. They waive their... Um, they waive any pro or community to stay in the program, and uh, it's been highly successful. It's, it's we've kind of been the beta for the for program um, nationally, and we had our first graduation class last year. We're halfway into our second class, and it's been going very very well. Okay, now beta. Oh, okay, well, one thing I want to say about what you said was that. Uh, a uh, little saying I, uh, I come across is uh, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I always <laughs> so we do example. I mean, I, I love to get these guys excited. I got two guys in my Wednesday night group I got with. These are inmates. And I got right in front of them and said, you guys are missionaries. Because they helped me in the class. They've been, some of these guys in prison, you got to understand, a lot of guys I work with have been in jail 20 years. And they've been Christians 5, 10 years. And they've been sitting there doing every Christian function they can. They read the Bible inside and out. And some of those, you know, I'm, I'm talking about a, a minority group, but especially in circles I run in, there's a few of them. And, and um, I mean, I really challenge them to, to be mentors and for, for the fellow inmates who are going through the program because we're not, you know, we're in and out. We're in and out for the most part until I, you know, start my chaplain post hopefully we'll see what the lord does with that that's still up in the air but you know we're we're not there and when you have inmates who are there who can work with them and then and the peer group pressure can work in a positive way too you know we got a whole building down there um they have these pods and and most of them are christians and people want to get in there because because they call them their roomies but it, it makes a huge difference when when you have roomies who are growing in the lord versus a bunch of gangbangers just talking trash the whole time but yeah, I mean, I use Paul and Moses all the time. I mean, to, to say Moses um, followed the Lord kicking and scratching is almost an understatement. I mean, he argued with them. You know, Paul, I mean, I love to use Paul. I mean, it. I mean, I, I cry a lot. That's one of the struggles I have getting through my lessons sometimes. Is I, Probably every other lesson I end up crying or teary-eyed with another guy. And, you know, not being able to forgive yourself is, is, is a huge issue for some of the guys I deal with. And, you know, the idea that they have done anything that could separate them from the love of God is, is I believe, laughable in God's eyes. You know, and I, you know, I'm like, have you gotten in any churches lately and drug Christians out and capped them, you know, and shot them in the head? You know, I mean, that's basically what Paul was doing. You know, look at David, a man, and I mean, I love teaching about David. I mean, all the things he did wrong, you know, and it wasn't just, you know, Bathsheba's husband who was killed up that wall. There were probably a lot of guys around him. I mean, he he did horrible things. Yeah, he was considered a man after God's own heart. 
And I do a whole lesson on why was he a man after God's own heart? He did all these horrible sins, you know, and that's that's for another topic. But, you know, a lot of it has to do with him coming broken before the Lord and saying, God, do you still love me? Am I still yours? You know, how many of us discipline our kids? We take away the keys. We take away their cell phone. And, you know, we don't let them go to this concert. They've been saving their money forever because they did something really bad. And the kid looks at us and says, yeah, Dad, but do you still love me? Do you still love me? Because that's the most important thing to me. And that's David's attitude. You know, and, and I think that's a big reason why. So, yeah, I mean, when it comes to being able to use inmates and people who have gone through struggles, that's that's how we see God. I mean, I tell people, I try to explain to people why I like it so much or what I get out of it or what I see. And a big part of it is, if if you're, picture yourself on the road to Damascus with Saul. And here's a man who is persecuting Christians, helping to exterminate them to a large extent. And here he's blinded on the road. And as, as you know the story, Jesus confronts him and says, Paul, why are you persecuting me? And I don't know whether it's that next evening or the next day where he goes and sees the person in town and God restores his sight and now he becomes Paul. And he ends up writing arguably you know, some of the most important, if not the most important books in the Bible, with God's hand on the pen, of course. And so if you're there and you see that happen, okay, do you see God? Do you see when? I mean, people say, well, God, you can't see. I'm like, I think you're seeing God there more than the land or the trees or the sun or the moon or anything else you can see. You are seeing God. And so that's what I get to experience with the, many of these men. And yeah, it may not be in one day, it may not be in one week, it may be months. But to see the transformation transpire, you see God. Uh, another example, one, one of the part of our, in Celebrate Recovery, there's a whole chapter on making amends. And I had an inmate who was, was in jail. In Colorado, they're very strict in their sentencing. I think he had about a 14-year sentence. He was halfway through it. And he was on drugs, on meth, running from the police. And while he was being chased by the police, and if you ever wonder why police pull off on chases, it's, it's a dangerous event, and, and they wisely do that. But he had, he had been chased, and he hit a lady who was driving with her 10-year-old son. And the lady's 10-year-old son had died as a result of the accident, and she was in the hospital. And I, I can't imagine, you know, I have this two-and-a-half-year-old miracle son um, and if someone, uh, you know, running from the cops or, you know, killed him, I, I can't imagine, I cannot and don't want to imagine the process of being able to forgive that person. Right. And when he went up before parole, he had, he had made amends and asked for forgiveness and acknowledged his wrong is the main thing, because you get into forgiveness, you get into excuses, but mainly confession is the point of making amends, confessing sin to the person. Uh, he can against. confess this to who? First to the Lord. You've got to come out of denial and you've got to look at yourself. Then when you see, right. when God sheds his light on you, you deal with the Lord. And then the Lord gives you the wisdom and the strength and the courage when and if and to who to make amends. It's always got to be God-driven. You're not fixing it. You can't fix it. That's a whole other topic, but one of the biggest pitfalls inmates can make is trying to get out and fix things. 
that, that's a slippery slope, but that's a whole other topic. But just to wrap the story up, so he had made men's, and, and we had prayed, and when he went before the pro board, that lady came and testified on his behalf that he be released. The, now, the, if that the, isn't God, uh, I don't know what it is. The mother of the uh, son? Yeah. Okay. Now, there's a flip side. Here's an interesting flip side. Okay. I had another um, inmate down in Four Mile. Awesome guy. Awesome, awesome guy. He he was a great to have in the class because he knew Scripture inside and out. He'd been in jail 21 years. And very nice guy. I would trust him with my family while I was gone in a heartbeat. Now, his victims, they come to, they've come to every parole for the last 20 years screaming for blood. You know, they just, they they want him tortured if, and killed if they had his way. You know, just screaming. And, uh, you know, and he's just, he's just, you know, he's, he has a lot of peace. He has a lot of joy. I've met people in other facilities who have known this gentleman when they were down at Four Mile who were mentored by him. And I think about it logically. What would I say if I was there at the pro hearing and the victim showed up? What would I say to them? And I'm thinking, you know, there's three things we can do with this inmate. We can lock him up and throw away the key. Now, he's been in 21 years, and I would, I would hate to break this to them, but he's not unhappy, okay? He has joy in his heart that you cannot take away. And it's just like when Paul was in jail, you know, and for different reasons, of course. But the point is, is, these victims' families are very upset, but, but we can throw away the key, but he's happy, he has joy. Now, we can kill him. We can, we can do capital punishment, and that's another option. And if we do that, um, you know, again, you're not going to like to hear this, but he'll be in paradise. So the person you're the, the focal point of all your bitterness and anger the last 20 years, if, if we kill him, we can do it in front of you and everything. But I hate to say it, but he's going to be in a paradise that you can't even imagine. Now, here's the third choice. We could let him out. He's been in 21 years now. Um, he's got a file thick full of accomplishments and degrees and good behavior reports. And if we let him out, he's, well, he's got to get a job. He's got to pay taxes to help support the 50000 a year that you're paying to pay for his costs to have him incarcerated. And he's got to make a life out of himself. Now, of those three, you know, which is the which is the most punishment and most challenging for the individual? I mean, it's an interesting question. Well, what's the recidivism rate? For okay, well, the TM program, the Transformational Ministry program, we had we graduated our first class last year, and we've had one guy who um, needs to go back in. And, and let me be clear on this, John. There's people, to me, you know, the whole question is, what's the solution? What's, what's the right sentence time? You know, should we even have capital punishment? Which, you know, that's another topic. Um, and to me, the answer to that is almost, it's kind of, it's from a spiritual standpoint. What does it take to get their attention? What is, what is their rock bottom? And, of course, the answer to that is that it's different for everyone, and that's not the approach the Department of Corrections takes, and I understand that. Um, there's, there's guys who have been in there 10, 15 years who 
I think need to stay in. You know, there's it's because of their attitude and because of where they're at. But the the good Christian men that I've worked with in there, almost to a person, will tell me, you know what, Dave? I needed five years. I needed seven years. If I would have been let out after three or four years, I probably would have gone right back to my old gang and my old habits. So I'm not an advocate. I'm a I I believe in love. Okay, but I have a very broad and a hopefully biblical definition of love, which is which is what's best for that person, without any regard to yourself, and having an attitude and action toward that person that what's best for them, without any regard to yourself. So of course. You know, the big asterisk there is your ability to love someone is directly correlated to your ability to know what's best for them. And your ability to know what's best for them is directly correlated to your ability to know God's will. Um, so out of love, there's people who need extended jail time. There's, you know, but it just depends when that person has transformed and has changed. So I'm not, you know, I'm an I'm a advocate for inmates. But that same advocacy could mean there's been a time, there was one case, um, that's kind of another story where, where a warden or director actually asked me my opinion, which was a miracle. That's never happened before um, with someone that needs disciplinary action. But there's times when I said, yeah, he's, he's not dealing in reality. He's walking denial. He's not taking responsibility for actions. And we need to get his attention. Um, so there's a whole you know, broad range, but I guess you can see it, it deals a lot with the individual and where they're at with the Lord. Yeah, and and, and also, to me, what I'm thinking of, I believe in capital punishment myself, and uh, I think that would solve a lot of problems. Um, and, I'm, and I'm not, you know, like you said, they would be in paradise. Uh, they would be in with the Lord. If they're uh, saved. If yeah. they're God's kid. Right, and of course, uh, the assumption is is that they've had a chance to. Uh, 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 they were presented with the gospel and had a chance to uh, believe. Uh, I watched a movie called Pierpont, and I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's it's a movie about a hangman during the twenties through World War Two. And into the 50s, and I think he hung hundreds of men and a few women. And um, in the movie, it shows you where the people have an opportunity uh, to uh, know the Lord. Um, but it's interesting how these, uh, the executioner, he went, well, he's famous for what he did in uh, uh, Nuremberg trials. After but he World was a War legal II. hangman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, Lord, I think he was doing. He was an executioner, um, and he, I, I can't remember. I think it was thirteen a day during the Nuremberg uh, trials. They find him guilty. Nazi war criminals. Yeah, Uh, but anyhow, getting off. There was two uh, two things that uh, you you work at two different prisons and two different programs. Could you tell us a little about about a little bit about each of those programs? Yeah, Celebrate Recovery is a 25-week program. Um, it is 12-step uh, outline, but it's very biblically based. It's um, the the guy who wrote it um, was out of Saddleback Church, which is, uh, of course, where um, oh, Perfect Driven Life. 
Rick Warren is, yeah. and it was one of I think it's one of his you know kind of persons he mentored. He wrote his name's John Baker, um, and it's it's a good comprehensive program. The the thing I like about it is, yes, it's you know twelve steps, but it covers. You don't know where everyone's at. You know, and there's certain areas where some people have dealt with, and there's certain areas where some people haven't. And and the good thing about the curriculum is is it covers um, pretty much everything. So wherever a person's at or whatever they're struggling with, sooner or later we're going to hit it um, in the curriculum. And, and, of course, what I like is it gives, you know, when I teach it, probably at least half of it is time we're in the Bible and we're in God's Word and, and how it relates to working through the different principles or issues. But... How long do you meet with each one of them? Or your group, your group on uh, you say the celebrate recovery. How long is that? It's two hours every Wednesday night. Every Wednesday night, and what's the name of that program? Celebrate recovery. That's, yeah, but it's it's uh, it's a uh, the prisons uh, uh, compartment or their 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 title for the program that these men are in. You, you named it. Well, it's uh, under prison fellowship. The reentry. It's a reentry program. Oh, the name of the jail. The name of the prison is Cheyenne Mountain Reentry Center. Oh, it's, it's, so everybody there has, has the opportunity to. Yeah, everyone there pretty much, unless you're in the shoe, which is what they call kind of like um, administrative segregation. If you get in a fight or whatever, that's kind of like the hole. But otherwise, all the you know all the. Um, law-abiding, for lack of a better word, inmates have the opportunity. It is a volunteer. You don't have to go to it. They can go to movie night and get pizza, or or there's a number of options they can do. Celebrate Recovery, we put up, I meet with the chaplain there, great guy, um, really on board with the program, and we put up posters and banners a couple weeks before we're going to start. We invite people to show up. If they like it, they stay. If they don't, they leave. Um, This class, we have... 26 guys, I think, in our last meeting. It varies a lot because one thing that makes it real challenging is this particular facility, there's a lot of movement in and out. Um, but it's volunteer. and um, They're entry. Now, this is, it, to me, it sounds like they're, they've been in prison and they come to this facility to re-enter civilization, if I can say it like that. Yeah. Re-enter. Yes, it's a little misleading. A lot of them, that's true. I would say... I would say for at least half of them, half of them to 75%, that's true. Um, but there's at least a good 25% where they're moving on to another facility. But, yeah, that 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 does play into it. Um, and one great thing that Prison Fellowship does, which is just outstanding, is they also have a Celebrate Recovery outside. And we will find out, like, for my students, I will find out roughly when they're going to be released and in what city they're going to be in. Um, and I'll get with... with Jan and let her know, and and we try to certify a church as a Celebrate Recovery outside church in every community where they're going to be so that they have the opportunity to get involved in the same program and with the same, you know, like-minded people once they're out and get involved with a a group of Christians um, and a Celebrate outside church. Okay, good. That's a a good follow-up. Now, are you able to be in contact with these folks? No, no. That's you're either inside or out. It's very frustrating. It's very, it can be very frustrating, especially in the TM program. Which let me let me describe the TM program real quick, and then I'll, I'll answer that question. 
Um, so yeah, transformational. Okay, transformational ministry program down at Four Mile is a year-long program, and they go to class. And sub recovery is one of the classes, but they have anger management classes and a lot of other classes, leadership classes. Um, and after they finish a year, we actually Prison Fellowship has staff that will actually help them find a place to live, a place to work. But me, I'm an inside guy. I cannot, once they leave my class, I, can't, I cannot write them. I cannot visit them. You know, it's, you're either inside or outside, and they draw a really firm line on that. In fact, Gary Skinner Ministries went to work on the outside just because it was so frustrating trying to do any follow-up or anything. If you go in and see them, you can't see them on the outside. So we have to have two sets of staff. We have to have an outside staff and an inside staff. And I'm an inside guy, and I can't do anything outside. Now, if I do get approved for the associate chaplain position, then that will give me a little more flexibility. It pays nothing, by the way, but that's, that's the way the DLC works here. All their, all their chaplains, associate chaplains, are volunteer. Right, yeah. Well, that's uh, – personally, I like that better. I know it's not good. Yeah, no, good. I hear you. We're, we're yeah. loud for tent makers, loud and just raise support. I'm right. trying to tent make. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> just take one day at a time. That's it, yes. And uh, the Lord, it's exciting the way the Lord provides and nerve-wracking sometimes. Yeah. Uh, it's very unconventional, and well, it's the Lord. Do what he wants. Well, what I'd like to do, we're, we've got a few seconds left. I'd like to do is schedule to, uh, again, we'll, we'll meet back this uh, same time next week uh, and go over some more uh, of the ministry, I don't know about materials or program that uh, you use, and then um, we can uh, get some examples. Now, I got one question for you, real quick. Uh, do you minister to the women? Is there any women that you? Yes, I, I I don't get involved in that. That's a different set of staff, but we do provide this. We do go into the women facilities. Absolutely. Okay. And I'd be curious, John, as, as your listeners email in with questions or whatever, please, any listening out there who, who want to dive into this or have questions on, on anything, feel free to write in to John. He'll give the address, and then we'll try to address them next week or in the coming weeks. Okay, good idea, yeah. Uh, it's, again, it's whitestoneministries.net. Just go there uh, or go to our web, uh, our page on Blog Talk Radio, uh, Whitestone Ministries, uh, Reconciliation Radio, and um, uh, you can contact me through that. Um, and so, okay, Dave, uh, good talking to you. I look forward to talking to you uh, some more. And uh, after we get off the uh, get off the program here, I'll, I'll give you a call and we'll talk some more. Okay. Sounds good. God bless. All right. All right bye bye. You too. Bye.